compulsive overeater. Hi, Cassandra. Okay. I'm Cassandra, I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm happy to be here. Um, I was one of those people. Thank you. Thank you, Georgia, for reaching out to me yesterday, or I would not have been here. And I'm a speaker getter for another meeting, so I know how tough that can be. Um, I have been uh, absent for 17 years. I've been going to meetings uh, this last August on this bout, not bout, but this uh, journey for 18 years. And God willing, um, I'll have another birthday uh, in October. And um, what that means for me is that my absence defined as having three meals a day with an option of fruit or vegetable snack if as needed and to refrain from desserts and sugary uh, things that have refined sugar, obvious refined sugar. I'm not somebody that salad dressings and stuff um, I pay too much attention to. Um, and in that time when I came in, I am a, uh, a product or product. I'm a child of compulsive overeaters on both sides. And, uh, as Cindy referred to my, my dad is who I learned about OA from as a child. And, um, I just, you know, grew up, uh, really having this strong connection with food and um, using it and enjoying it and interacting and paying attention way more than my siblings and my friends or other people that our normies did. And I remember this from a very uh, early age. What's interesting is we're having a lot of um, the generation that came before me passing and my godmother, who was also my aunt, had all these pictures and interesting as I thought myself was a kind of a chubby child. I wasn't chubby at all, but I do see, cause I was considered like the hearty one and uh, easygoing one and not very demanding. Um, about the time my parents got divorced is when I kind of really developed that relationship, strong relationship for food. And, um, you know, and in, doing things in secret around food, having that thing like that, just even as a little kid, I remember an aunt sending these kind of torts or something that actually had alcohol, which was awful tasting to me, like rum and stuff like that. But still the sugar kept me going, even though I didn't like the rum, you know? And I even be remember my mom's friends when I was little, I knew they were marijuana cookie dough and or and I didn't really wasn't going for the marijuana. I just wanted the cookie, you know, and just getting into trouble by going into her friend's fridge doing that. So I liked the way it felt. I liked the way um, it calmed me. And after that, you know, periodically um, got chubby. And then, you know, in high school was able to lose weight and and I was able to, um, what brought me in these rooms is I was able to go up and down. And for some reason, I would be able to get to that position. And, I, and it's great because you read it, you know, what the first time when I was reading the big book as a non-alcoholic, it was really hard for me 
to identify, you know, with some of the stories, but man, you know, it really rings true. And the more I read it now, the more I can see um, some of these uh, bigger themes with my compulsive overeating. So one of the things that was striking me is just how the disease is progressive. I could tame that or at least feel that the physical part, my outside body could be tamed, my interaction with food, even though my crazy thinking regarding um, body image, uh, dieting, um, and just obsessive uh, thinking about food uh, would not stop, even when I was physically, uh, you know, uh, thin, uh, I'd still have that. And so what brought me in these rooms is that I got nice and thin on my, you know, wedding day. I looked really good with Diet Coke and cigarettes and that, that worked. But, you know, these things weren't sustainable. I never knew what size or where I'd be going. And that was so, you know, humiliating because it was physically on my body. And um, I felt it was just like this big secret that people could see. And so what brought me in the room is I got married and I had two kids and I chose to a challenging marriage and, uh, you know, two people that were wounded or not quite complete, not an ideal situation. And, <clears throat> and I, I really, really loved my husband and I actually am still with my husband. I really love him. And um, I've been lucky that we always had that, but we had, you know, uh, lots of, lots of things. And what happened is when I had the kids, I realized the learning, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the life tools that I had were so limited and were so like just right brimming on the surface. <clears throat> and that by the end and having a second child, I, uh, I couldn't keep it together. And by the time I came into program, I was trying, you know, uh, I was just a chronic weight watcher and I would pay and just eat whatever I want. My husband would lose weight and he didn't even need to lose weight uh, when I was on Weight Watchers and, you know, it'd go up and down. And at the end, I could not stay one day on Weight Watchers. And every day I would wake up and I'd say I was going to do it and I really want to do it. But the addiction was so high that I, my regular way of going about life was um, I was working and I get up, kind of have a little bit of a hangover from food and just being tired. And I go to work and I come home if I pick up my kids from daycare or school and I come home and I was home a good, maybe three hours before my husband came home and I would just start eating. I would just open the cupboard, open the refrigerator, start going through those things. And um, by the time it was time for me to serve dinner, I was full. Couldn't wait to get the kids into the bath and read them go, you know, just getting through it so I could pass out on the couch. 
sometimes eating something, sometimes not. And um, so one of the times that I really just, first of all, I physically couldn't, I didn't like the way I was looking. I'm short, couldn't fit the regular size. And I was going to have to move up to women's at 5'3 to start moving to six, size 16. Not cute. And I like cute clothes and stuff. <clears throat> and I just found myself limiting where I went. Don't want to go to kind of, I, I enjoy playing like a tomboy, what used to be called a tomboy. I guess now we could just say as a human being. And um, I didn't want to go to the beach. I didn't want to go, you know, these kind of things. So my world's got smaller and I didn't go through it for this, but looking back, there was just a threat of anger and being pissed because I was so out of control which affect my relationship. I didn't realize that at the time. Um, I ended up getting called out by my son because my my husband didn't really have an idea of what was in that house. And I remember my son had some, he was playing cello. Uh, and we I would totally bribe him with practice. And usually it was books. Um, he's, he liked to collect hardcover books. And, but this one was something... So I let him pick a tree from Trader Joe's and he got that tree. And the next day he asked me about that tree. And I was so angry at him because basically I just got called out on it. I had eaten his tree and he kind of asked me about it. Like how, how come I had a tree and now there's not, you know, and I was so the underlying, thank you. The real emotion was anger. I mean, shame. So I came to the program. I told my husband, I'm going somewhere. Don't ask me about it. Went to a meeting, had known about it for my dad, but wasn't really interested in um, having new friends and having a lifestyle based around recovery. But I went there and I cried and I just heard so many things I could identify with. And um, I just eventually... Um, got a sponsor because I wasn't able to uh, get started with an abstinence without one. And throughout my program of recovery, it's been the whole thing of a carrot and a stick in that I have been motivated to work this program um, because the carrot being seeing all the recovery that other people have and the peace of mind, I wanted that. So, uh, and I hate to this day writing, especially pro, you know, work, but that has motivated me. And then also just being in pain and being willing to move, um, to do something different, just to get out of the pain. And, um, my first sponsor, uh, basically everything was about the steps. Uh, we just set out like a real bottom line that I, I, uh, abstinence. And then whenever I wanted to lose weight or do thing, you know, change something, it was about going back into working the steps. And to this day, that's how I sponsor. And, you know, um, it, it just worked. It worked over time and it worked, looked differently. Um, I have like a 20 to 30 pound weight loss. But I, I've been down further from that. And, you know, I wish I still had 40 pound, 
you know, 45 pound weight loss, but that's not what it is today. And I know um, that uh, if I go for it the way I, with my sick thinking and try to fix it with my sick mind and my diseased mind, I, I, I don't make any progression. So, um, so I, I stayed with that sponsor in the first year just by eating three meals a day and having it contained on a plate. Uh, I lost like 25 pounds, you know? And so it was, it was easy. And then I didn't know why everybody's grumpy in the rooms because I just was on a pink cloud in my life. had just, um, you know, gone up so much. And surprisingly, my husband wasn't as annoying. My marriage wasn't as bad just on this, uh, with that one change of me working a program. Since then, in long-term recovery, um, I am, I, you know, when I think when I was going to share, I just ask myself to be honest and to be um, willing to share what has worked for me, but not, you know, I wish I was, there's people I heard that says I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and I'm not recovered. I still have things where I have bouts where I think about either dieting food um, or want to eat more food than um, than I need. What's different today is I don't stay there. I don't. Um, I know that there's tools and people and a program. Whenever I see commercials for weight loss and I'll start, you know, like maybe that's going to make me skinny. Then I remember, oh, I have a program. Hey, have I done everything I needed to do in that program? If the answer is no, I I have never left just because I don't know that. And I haven't seen anything um, that I think would work better for me. And um, I just, I'm committed now to it. And what that looks like for me is I um, go to meetings. My basic, I started with a basic commitment of one meeting a week and that's still it for my meetings and um now I am retired and so I do service at a couple meetings and I'm working at the intergroup level um on our foothill intergroup um don't love doing it all the time but I also want to get well and I want to give back and I do <laughs> have the time and so along with that um I work with my sponsor and um, she and I are doing a new way of looking at the steps. And what I found fascinating because there's times when I've just done these things, wrote kind of memory. I don't know if it's a transitioning time in my life, but I'm able to access things that in my 10th step that I've never been able to be that rigorously, rigorously honest. And it's not because I've meant to not be honest. I just, um, I couldn't even access those things. And so that's been kind of exciting. And, you know, because um, I kind of found working the steps like the second time pretty snoozy. And this one is really exciting. And um, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I hope somebody got something out of this. But um, my big thing is I just kept coming back even if I didn't want to. And uh, I feel that my life 
has been so enriched. And um, when I have a problem outside my food addiction, when I look to those principles of um, our program, the steps and the traditions and principles, all those things, I can find an answer for most things if I'm patient. And um, I just want to thank you uh, for letting me share. And um, I think that's what I got to share for, with you guys today. Thank you.